going on everybody welcome to not rocket science episode number 20 something can't remember at this point anyway how are you guys doing hope you guys are all doing well this is my feels like my first episode in a really long time because uh my schedule's been all over the place because uh, i went on vacation went on vacation last week so i recorded the last episode, whenever that was uh, out of out of cadence, um, I did that one earlier in the week. So it's been more than a week. It's been like a week and a half at least since I've done one of these. So it feels like a lot of time's gone by, and uh, definitely a lot has gone down in the world of tech, culture, etc. I'm just pretending that this thing has a real topic. I tend to go all over the place with this thing, but... I try to center it around that kind of frame, you know, tech culture, art, etc., um, and how they influence one another and shape the future. But, uh, man, speaking of culture, because I went on vacation down to New Orleans, and uh, what a place, man. What a place. I've never been there. I've never really been anywhere in the South other than, like, Florida, but... From what I understand, most Southerners don't really consider Florida the South. They just consider it like Florida. Florida. Um, Even though I've been to, like, country Florida, and I don't know how country Florida is any different from the rest of the South. Like, country's country. And Florida got some damn country going on. But, uh, yeah, I understand, you know, Tampa, Miami, places like that don't really jive with like the culture in Alabama or rural Georgia or South Carolina, what have you. Um, but yeah, New Orleans up from what I understand also is not the South. So I don't even know why I just went on that tangent, but, uh, food wise, there's a lot of Southern influence. And when you go to, uh, when you go get outside of the main central business district and French quarter area and you go, there you go. And you go down to the uh, more residential sections of the city. It feels straight out of Gone with the Wind. Like, plantations aside, it's the damn south. Um, you know, these southern mansions, that old-style architecture um, with, like, the one palm tree. But the palm tree is not like a Florida or California palm tree. It's like a South Carolina palm tree. It has that, like, southern palm tree thing going on. And then uh, you have the trolley car, has a real old school feel, through, makes the whole city have somewhat of an old school feel. <laughs> what is going on with my voice? <clears throat> Damn. Am I going through puberty again? Am I getting my Benjamin button on? Anyway, let's try that again. It, the trolley kind of just gives the whole city this kind of old 19th century, early 20th century kind of feel, which is really cool. 
because it's different than the uh, it's even different than the San Francisco trolleys. San Francisco trolleys are just like in this one main stretch, whereas the New Orleans one covers some ground, um, and it feels a little more old school. It's a little slower, a little more laid back. But yeah, the food out there is unbelievable. I've never been to a food city quite like that. I've been to a lot of good food cities. I mean, I live in New York City. There's great food here everywhere. Um, I've been to city. I've been to Paris. Montreal is probably my other favorite food city. The food is phenomenal in Montreal. But what's unique about New Orleans is just, like, how freaking New Orleans it is. Like, you could tell there's a lineage. It's not like New York where the food's great because... There's been waves and waves of immigration, Jesus, immigration for uh, centuries, decades after decade after decade after decade. Like the food that makes New Orleans good, you can all tell has like a 200-ish or a hundred-year lineage to it. Um, and all the places kind of do their version of the same thing and is scattered out through the city. And it's it's phenomenal acme oyster so anyone who goes to new orleans there's anything you have to do like you absolutely have to do it's go to acme oyster house and get the char grilled oysters that is a must and there's no excuses because acme oyster house is a chain it's not even a single place it is a chain of restaurants in southern louisiana there's like I think five or six of them, and there's two in New Orleans. One's in the casino. So if you're a gambling addict and you go down there just to go to the Harz Casino and lose all your money, you can still get those oysters. Um, but the main one, the one everyone goes to, the one that, where there's a wait outside, is in uh, is right off of Bourbon Street. It's like you hook a right off of Bourbon Street. I forget what I think Royal or something, and uh, it's right there. Big sign. There's usually a line people waiting it's that good it's a chain because the real one the original one off bourbon street is that freaking good i don't even like oysters i'm not an oyster person at all i literally i don't think i've ever had oysters in new york city in my life i tried them once when i was a kid i hated it um i don't really like raw oysters even down there i had some raw oysters they were they were good because you could tell how fresh they were but flavor-wise, it wasn't really, like, my thing that I would just order all the time. But those char-grilled oysters, oh, my God, those might be my favorite food. Because they put this, uh, they cook it in a special kind of, like, buttery, garlicky sauce. Um, and you throw a little Tabasco on it. It's so good. The sauce is so good. It works so well with that oyster. And the oysters are so much bigger than the ones up here. It tastes like kind of like a real meal. You cannot get that up here. You will never get that up here. And if you don't like oysters, suck it up. Go down there. Get those things. You will not be sorry. Um, so, yeah, Acme Oyster House was amazing. Um, and then I went to Willie Mays. Willie Mays is like pretty famous fried chicken place uh it's considered like one of the best fried chicken places in all of the country and i see why 
It was probably the best fried chicken I've ever had. Way up there, if not the... No, it was the best. I would say it's the best fried chicken I've ever had. Um, they got the consistency down. Chicken is juicy. The the fried flakiness of the of the outer crust is something unique. They got that thing down to a science. Um, and then they got these like you know this spice mixture into their uh, into their batter. You can tell, and it's really good. The sides were really good. Um, so that was another place that is a must go if you're in New Orleans. It's a little out there, a little bit out there in uh, uh, the residential neighborhood, and not really maybe the best residential neighborhood. It's worth doing, but you're gonna want to Uber there and Uber back to your hotel or Airbnb. Um, cause you can't really walk. There's, you can't walk. There's no trolleys up there. And yet, of course, the other thing is Bourbon Street and Frenchman Street. Frenchman Street is like a less crazy version of Bourbon Street. It's where like the, the jazz heads go to listen to jazz without all the riffraff. And then Bourbon Street, of course, is, you know, where all the craziness is. And man, Bourbon Street, I've never been to a place like Bourbon Street in my life. And I've been to tons of like parades and things like that. Bourbon Street is so unique because it's literally the only place, legally, it's like the only place in the United States that can even be set up like that. It's like you walk in and the first block cars can go on, so you can drive on the first block. And it's like there's like a crystals, which is kind of like a white castle kind of thing, Um and then there's like the hustler store. So there's like a sex clothing store, sex toy store. And then you keep walking. Then eventually it gets blocked off. And then it's just everything is like gift shop, bar, bar, daiquiri, frozen daiquiri place, strip club. Uh, what else? Restaurant, strip club, bar, daiquiri place food place gift shop bar gift shop strip club gift shop daiquiri place and then another daiquiri place and then another daiquiri place and then a men's strip club and then bar lady strip club historic old bar like the absinthe house that's been there since like 1730 or something gift shop daiquiri bar Shitty pizza place. Really nice hotel, bar, strip club. <laughs> it's like the weirdest lineup of all time. Because you have really nice hotels. You have the touristy gift shops. And you have like strip clubs. And then these daiquiri places are dangerous. I went to the daiquiri place. And I got a, uh, like a coconut frozen daiquiri. Drank that. My girlfriend only had half of hers because she's the biggest lightweight of all time. I drank half of that. And we went out, did the dinner thing, walked around, hung out. And then late at night, I was a little tipsy. I got another daiquiri. 150 proof uh, vodka, I think, was in the daiquiri. That night, I got so sick. (laughs) I got so sick from those fucking cups of satan oh my god i don't know what you're because you get you just kind of go with it because they're so refreshing 
and you're not thinking of the sugar content when you're drinking it because the alcohol is so strong too. You just feel like you're drinking like a extra refreshing alcoholic beverage. Nope. Nope. Those things are from the devil. They took my stomach and flipped that thing upside down. Yeah, that night was rough. Um, so if you do go down there, please be mindful. Get a daiquiri, but please cap yourself at one. Do not get two and a half. You know what I mean? If you're going with your significant other, know if they're a lightweight or a heavyweight, and if they're eventually going to pass you the rest of theirs. Just be mindful of that stuff going in, please, because, uh, yeah, it messed me up pretty bad. But it's the price you got to pay, I guess, for living it up, right? And then the other thing is, like, you can go to all these other restaurants. You can just walk into any restaurant and get something, and it's going to be amazing. Um, I got the Toulouse Oysters. Those were amazing. Uh, shrimp po' boys were insane and you just get them at the random places you don't have to go to like the world famous ones to get this stuff anywhere you go is going to be amazing weather was on point pretty much until the last day it was like 87 88 degrees every day Uh, mississippi river river is pretty crazy i've never seen that before and there's this steamboat on it like old school 19th century steamboat it's a really cool scene plus there was a fried chicken festival so i got more fried chicken at the fried chicken festival So that's one of the most New Orleans things you can possibly do when you're in New Orleans, right? Go to a fried chicken festival. Um, So anyway, not to rant too long about New Orleans, but it's a fucking crazy place. The music's insane, too. Um, I think it's really good that they encourage music so much um, and put it on young people. Because supposedly what I've heard is, this is just from like watching shows about New Orleans, is... They treat the music program like STEM programs, like math, science, and also like reading and writing. Like music is on the same level. And it's incredible because there's all these kids on the street and they're just playing drums on buckets. And they're like eight years old or something. And they are incredible, just incredible drummers, way better than anyone up here I've ever heard at that age. Like they, you can tell they do it all day, almost every day. And there's some incredible musicians without even any fancy equipment, just drumsticks in a bucket, and they're, they're insanely talented. And then some of those marching bands, you know, it's just these these regular dudes. You see them on the street without their equipment just hanging out, and then they'll just, like, throw on a trombone and pick up a trumpet, and they'll just, like, set that shit off, and it'll create a huge scene, and, you know, all the drunk girls will be Instagramming it. I'll be Instagramming it with the drunk girls. And they're just playing these, like, amazing sets in the middle of Bourbon Street. And then they just put it shit down and just start hanging out again. They just put all their instruments down. And they're just hanging out like it's nothing. Um, that's like one of the real special things about New Orleans. That you're not going to get anywhere else probably in the world. Um, music's just on point. And it's very uh, random and sporadic. And that's kind of the whole energy of the city. It's just like kind of just like random things that just kind of start and stop and start. Um, so yeah. I highly recommend New Orleans. Little sketchy. You can definitely tell that there's this kind of undercurrent of, of sketchiness and crime. But, um, you know, it's a city that's always known to be kind of rough around the edges. And it definitely is. And it didn't really bother me that much. The only thing that was weird was uh, the last full day we were there that night, it was a Monday night, and Bourbon Street was just dead. 
We were there probably like 10 o'clock. It was dead. And it's eerie because there was like all these like kind of skeevy local guys that are always there. And it's not a big deal when they're always there with, with tons of people. But when the entire block is dead and it's just those guys, uh, it felt the energy felt a little bit weird. But supposedly the main reason why it was dead was because there was a Drake concert going on at the Superdome. So people were saying they expected a huge wave of people later on that evening. So it was kind of like a calm before the storm kind of thing. But it just felt a little weird, so we just kind of went back to our place. But uh, yeah, that was the only time I really felt felt that odd. Um, every time, every every other time, it felt pretty, pretty much like a standard big city, you know. Kind of like uh, if you go to New York City, Eighth Avenue by Port Authority on Forty Second, right off Times Square, you get the exact same kind of feeling. So it was nothing too crazy, but uh, yeah, highly recommend New Orleans. I want to go down there as soon as possible. Great place, great food culture's insane so it's a must go um but anyway moving on to what's been happening since i've been away a lot's been happening um this elon musk thing he as of yesterday has been mandated by the sec uh to to step down as chairman at tesla um this is due to those tweets about tesla going private that i talked about a while ago um, there's been rumors about some deal being placed for a while now. Um, so I guess the deal that's going to happen is he's going to step down as chairman for at least three years. I think that's the time that he cannot be chairman for. And then he's going to pay SEC $20 million, which is nothing for him. You know, he makes that in a day sometimes. So... I don't really see it as a huge hit for him. He's still going to be the CEO of Tesla. It's not like he has to like step down from Tesla altogether. I'm sure it's not the best situation for him, but uh, hey, man, when you go rogue and you're in corporate America, this is what happens, you know. Kanye West can go rogue, but he's not in corporate America, other than I guess Yeezy being in Adidas. But Adidas doesn't give a shit. Um, but when you're Elon Musk. And you run companies like Tesla and SpaceX, and you're trying to go rogue on your tweeter. This is what happens. All in all, I just think there are certain people that are meant to be CEOs, and there are certain people that are meant to be in other positions. I don't think Elon Musk is really meant to be a CEO. I think he has all of the uh, intelligence and uh, ability and ingenuity to be a founder at a place but when you're talking about being a chairman or even a ceo of like a company at the size of tesla or spacex you just got to be a little bit of a politician and i don't see elon musk as really like a politician at all he's not a slick pr guy that can be the face of a company and keep everything safe he's just not in his dna he is a he's an engineer first that has more ingenuity and more you know I'm going to just do this shit myself kind of chutzpah than your average engineer which makes him a CEO chairman type de facto but I don't think that that style of being a figurehead is really what he's about and I think he's hitting a point now where he just doesn't give a shit anymore about, you know, being safe. 
he's going to express himself how he is and go from there. So again, it's not an intelligence thing, obviously. He's one of the most intelligent people in business. And not only is he intelligent, but he's really good at articulating his intelligence. Because like on that Joe Rogan podcast where he was talking about his plane he's trying to build and explaining like gravity, I was shocked by how well I was able to understand the concepts that he was outlining. Because Joe Rogan even said he couldn't like understand it. He's like, I'm too dumb for this conversation or something. But I was listening to it and I was really trying to listen and I understood what he was saying. Like I understood, I, I suck at science, I suck at physics, I have no talent in that domain whatsoever, but I was able to like understand the concepts he was outlining, which to me makes him you know, a really good speaker because those are some heavy, heavy, heavy duty concepts. Um, so I think he, he can handle a CEO role, but I just don't think he wants to anymore. He doesn't really give a shit. He has so much money. He doesn't care about getting sued. And uh, I don't. I'm wondering though if he's gonna after this calm down a little, be offline more, handle things eternally, internally more, or if he's just gonna keep doing his thing. But uh, it's interesting that the SEC is coming down on him because basically companies are allowed to public companies are allowed to go private again. That's not what the issue was. If anyone was curious about that, what it is is he was talking about privatizing and cutting deals that didn't exist in terms of evidence. Therefore, you are uh, manipulating the market, in other words, because people that have stock in Tesla have no evidence really about going private or not, and he's just throwing it out there on Twitter with nothing official on record. So that's why the SEC cracked down on him. Um, it's like it's like a form of market manipulation in a way, even though if that's not what his intent is. But yeah, overall, I don't really have a huge strong opinion on any of this. It's just kind of, it's it's interesting from a spectacle standpoint. But I just think what this is is Elon Musk coming to the conclusion that he doesn't want to be the the PR figurehead of these companies anymore, and he's going to do his thing. And doesn't really give a shit because he hates shorters. He hates people that short Tesla. That's the whole reason why he started tweeting these things out in the first place was to try to mitigate that. Didn't really work, I guess. Um, but I think there's a decent chance he might just continue to do his thing. Um, it'll be interesting. Always uh, the Elon watch is kind of something that's been an ongoing theme with this show at this point. Even though I'm not really an Elon Musk guy, you know, I'm like, I like him, but I'm not someone that's always followed him and tried to like be him or be influenced by like him and Steve Jobs and those types. They don't really matter that much to me, but they are huge, huge, huge names in the tech industry and in business in general. So. And I find him, you know, I find him a really interesting guy. So that's why I keep bringing him up. And he keeps making news, really. Like, if he stopped making news, I would, I'd stop talking about him. But he'd be staying up in them headlines. So we going to keep talking about him. You know what I mean? Him and uh, Kanye, who is also in the headlines because he didn't release his album said he was going to release his new album. He didn't release his album. Went on SNL, made some speech, wore a MAGA hat, dressed up in fruit with little pump, or beverages, I'm sorry, not fruit. That's the video. Beverages. And uh, I don't know, man. 
He also did the thing where he's like, now I'm yay, I'm no longer Kanye West on Twitter. It's like, you've been yay, man. No one really cares. If you're going to do one of those provocative statements about changing your name, it should be something brand new. It shouldn't be just yay. Everyone's called you yay since like 2007, bro. And released the damn album. You said Saturday. Didn't come. Saturday's gone and went. It's Sunday now. Still no album. Carter 5 dropped. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to do a full review on that. But the point is, I just don't care about Kanye news until he releases that new album. And that's that. Elon I'll go in on. Kanye not so much. Because to me, there hasn't really been anything that noteworthy. Uh, but yeah, the main thing I want to talk about today is the death of Instagram. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, to me, the thing that was the most interesting that occurred since the last time I did one of these shows was that the founders of Instagram, um, Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger, stepped down from Facebook and it's not so interesting that they just stepped down from Facebook. I mean, I got people on my LinkedIn network that left Facebook. It's the way they did it and the way Facebook handled it. Because, look, I I am a the biggest Facebook hater you will ever find. I have not had a Facebook since 2007. What the fuck? I am literally the only person I know other than people, you know, like my parents and who never bother with any of that in the first place. People, you know, 30 years old and younger, or now I guess 35 years old and younger. I'm literally the only person I know who didn't have a Facebook in like 2008, 2009, 2010 when Facebook was still the standard when it came to social media. Like, I just never wanted one. I made one for a hot minute when I entered college and then deleted it almost like right away. And I just never had one. I never had one. I never did it. And it's because I just never liked the interface. I never... Now I get the point because of how social media has kind of invaded all of our lives and it's now a... Uh, standard way of communication really but back in the early social media days like I didn't feel like I needed it therefore why would I do it that was kind of my mentality and it was kind of a naive mentality um I was trying to play a little bit like rebel and go against the grain a little by not doing it but I don't know I never really cared to have one I didn't the the hacking stuff kind of freaked me out for a while um, the Chinese hacking. I remember I did have a weird thing happen for the brief time that I did have a Facebook where they like asked me if I had um, logged in from somewhere in China. And I was like, nope. And I was like, that's weird. I'm freaked out. And that was one of the things that led to me deleting it. But I just never really cared for Facebook. I never did. Zuckerberg kind of freaked me out a little. Um, I didn't think he's like an alien or anything like the memes now, but just the whole thing was weird to me. Just having all of that stuff be on digital record forever. It just seemed weird. Um, 
but I eventually caved in when when Instagram got a buzz and got a lot of momentum. I really saw the value in Instagram. I like the fact that it's centered around the skill of photography in a very shallow way, or at least originally it did in a less shallow way. Um, and it was more just content sharing. You know, it wasn't like your entire life originally. But now it's kind of turned into your whole life, like all these social media platforms that really take off. But anyway, I just something about Instagram back in the early days sparked my interest more. I think it got big right when I first got my my first smartphone too. So I think part of it was like I got this fucking iPhone now. I got to start doing smart stuff with it. Um, so I got Instagram fairly early um, in my time having a smartphone. And I just liked it. I don't know. I liked the feed, the feed aspect of it. Facebook feeds were always awful to me because it was just people talking about inside stuff that I don't really know about because I'm barely actually friends with them. Or then, you you know, election season comes around and everyone's just bickering back and forth about, like, half their half-baked political opinions and trying to, like, get in arguments with each other, which I found super annoying, particularly because at the time I was a political science major. So I was like, most people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, yeah, Instagram didn't have any of that at the time. And that was another thing that I really liked about Instagram. So I'd added to Instagram, have an Instagram account. Um, Not the most active on it, but regardless, I'm a much bigger fan of that platform. So when it was bought by Facebook, I kind of was just like, damn it, shit, it's over to a degree. But... I figure Facebook's just going to buy all these things now, so I wasn't that shocked. But the way they left, that means to me, because from what I understand reading up on this, Instagram was kind of on their own island for a while, and they were able to do what they wanted without uh, much tampering from their parent company. But that obviously is now ending, and there were moments and glimpses of that throughout the past year or two where where Facebook's brand was encroaching on Instagram a bit like I, I hear one thing it's 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 in all the major tech blogs out there but one thing that kind of pissed off the founders was the fact that when you upload photos from Instagram to Facebook it used to have this Instagram tag on it and then Facebook took the tag off so now they just look like Facebook pictures and just little things like that um I think Facebook introduced a hamburger menu on Instagram, but it was just a hamburger menu. When you click it, it's just a portal to Facebook, you know, which is super annoying. Things like that, just bad UI decisions and trying to minimize Instagram's presence um, on the full holistic platform as a whole were small things that I think started to lead to this exit from the founders. And uh, I don't know. I've worked at... Nothing as big as Facebook ever, not even close. I probably never will. Hopefully I never will. But I've worked at companies that have been like publicly shared and uh, kind of bureaucratic, even if they aren't publicly shared. Um, And I could see if you're just entrepreneurs that came out with this one product and it got hot and you got bought out and now you got to work in this Death Star office every day with uh your higher ups 
consistently trying to kind of kill the thing that you made in a certain way. I could see that getting annoying after a while. Supposedly the other thing is that the uh, Facebook organization style, they like reorged and now the reorg made the Instagram founders, Kevin Systrom and, and Mike Krieger, like have more reports in the way to Zuckerberg. Like before uh, Mark Zuckerberg was very like accessible to them. I, they, I don't know. They, I think they weren't a direct report, but there's just like one person in between. And now there's like multiple people or something like that. And that kind of pissed them off too. Um, what's really interesting is how quickly it came. It, it They just kind of exited and Facebook had initially zero damage control. Like there was nothing massaged about that exit. And eventually those founders came out with the post themselves, I think maybe on Instagram or something or on Twitter where they had a long message about them leaving and it was very diplomatic. But that initial first wave of news when they exited, it was obviously something abrupt and something that caused face caught Facebook off guard because Facebook had zero damage control, uh, which means there had to have been some real like I don't want to say hostility or animosity, but some friction on some level. There just, there just has to be. I've seen lots of corporate exits um, where behind the scenes it's been pretty bloody, but on the surface you would never know because of the PR system jumping in and doing their thing and making it seem like all is well. And that did not happen here at all. And for a company at scale of Facebook to to not have that go smoothly is a huge red flag and an interesting red flag um it looks like the instagram guys are going to go off and make another company after taking some time off i'm going to be tracking what they make obviously because instagram is such a force um in uh mass consuming public these days and it's just interesting to see an exit that large you know these are like in the tech world these are like the lebrons and the kobe's and the you know these are the big time heavy hitters and to have something like that happen with no finesse pretty crazy pretty crazy um my thoughts on this is look if you create some sort of platform or product that gets enough traction that Facebook is interested in buying, I think you just got to be real with yourself at this point and look at it as a money grab or not. Because, you know, the same thing happened with WhatsApp. WhatsApp founder, WhatsApp was bought by Facebook. Founder WhatsApp left Facebook not too long ago, very recently, almost too recently. There's like conspiracy theories about about this stuff um, going on around right now, like WhatsApp and Instagram founders all leaving roughly the same time. I think it's more of a timing thing. I don't think there's any like grand conspiracy behind it. But I think the lesson learned is if you're going to sell to Facebook, you're selling to Facebook and you are losing that product as you how you invented it. How you invented it will cease to exist once you sign that dotted line. And you know what? For a lot of people, it makes sense to sign the dotted line and sell that thing because uh, Facebook got that Skrilla, got that cash money. 
and you know you're putting in a ton of man hours to make a product work when you're an entrepreneur so hey man maybe just take the money and run but like the decision is you either sell this thing and you all of your hopes and dreams of what it's going to become will likely be compromised or you don't sell and you get to make the thing that you imagine at scale um it's pretty much a this or that scenario this idea that you can sell to facebook and still build it the way you have in your head is just not gonna happen there's been too many examples at this point that kind of validate that to be true so to me that's the biggest takeaway um you know facebook's gonna ruin your dreams if you sell but it's gonna make you rich so maybe do sell you know maybe you're just trying to sit on a beach for a while i don't know or maybe you're just not emotionally attached to that product it's more the journey of creating several products that intrigues you so you sell that one hang out at facebook for a year or two and then on to the next one I think I might actually, if it it were me, I'd probably wind up doing that. I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I'm a bit of a control freak in certain ways, but I also don't really get emotionally attached to apps very much. So it could really go either way with me, but uh, it it depends on what it is. But part of me would just bet on myself to be able to do something again worthwhile. You know, if you if you sell something as big as Instagram and you're set for life, like there's not a lot of risk with leaving and starting from scratch again, right? The whole risk factor is kind of gone at that point. So maybe uh, maybe that is in reality the more attractive option. I don't know. It's it's definitely more of a sellout option. But as I get older, the idea of selling out becomes less and less of a big deal. You know, the 12 year old in me would hate what I just said. But uh, you live and you learn a bit. And the idea of just like making a billion dollars and buying a bunch of houses and setting up an Airbnb business sounds attractive. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of, uh, when you have that much financial clout, there's a lot of options that you can spend your time doing. And maybe working on an app all day is not the ideal one anymore i don't know i'm not kevin sistrom or mike kruger Krieger. i don't know but i definitely find it interesting and on top of all this facebook got hacked again again and are now facing class action lawsuits from citizens um that are alleging that facebook's lack of securities kind of exposed them an additional uh Potential class action members and significantly increase the chance to identify to identity theft and result of these breaches. So, yeah, have fun with that, Facebook. I wonder if internally Facebook's just thinking they built something too big to manage at this point. Not so much because the system itself is too big to manage, but how culturally big they are makes them too easy of a target and they can't manage uh, the attacks they get for as big of a target as they are. 
Because, man, I just feel like every month they're just getting hacked at this point. And it's just like a shit show. I don't know. No one really uses Facebook other than events. So, I mean, I think that a good idea from a product standpoint is to create the events platform that takes over Facebook events. So it's just an events platform that's optimized just for event sharing. And uh, then you'd kind of render Facebook meaningless because that's the only thing I hear people ever using it for these days anyway. Just an idea. Um, all right, I think I'm going to cut it because the dude outside who works on his bike every weekend has decided right now to work on his motorcycle and he's starting to rev the engine. This is the shit you have to deal with when you live in the city. So before this th- this thing stops idling and starts um, going full throttle here, I'm going to cut it. But uh, thank you guys listen to another episode and follow us on instagram nrs underscore show and twitter same handle and i'll see you guys next week god i botched that thanks so much guys take it easy peace